Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to part eight of my Purpose of Singleness course, where we're going to be talking about singleness and identity issues. So if you're watching me live or you're watching me later, feel free to share this broadcast. Feel free to uh, like, share all that good stuff, because what I have to say today, I believe is going to impact a lot of people, uh, potentially yourself for sure, and for those who you feel may struggle in this issue. So hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. Um, for those who are new to my channel, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And now you're tuned in to part eight of my Purpose Singleness course. If you want to check out the previous seven videos, feel free on YouTube. But if you want exclusive uh, worksheets and all that good stuff, activities, exercises, you can do so now at for free at lifework.teachable.com, where you'll be able to uh, join for free, uh, but also download all the worksheets that goes with each course. And for those who's like, where did this course come from? It started with my book, The Purpose of Singleness, a book that talks about are you whole or full of holes, helping you to maximize your singleness for God's optimum. So I'm going to go ahead and get to the chat box because I have a lot to cover today. So I want to make sure that I'm, um, I'm going to turn my light down. Not my, not the light of my life, but the light on this thing right here. But I want to make sure I get enough time to be able to get to a Q&A a little bit later. And so let's get to the chat box. So let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country. I would love to see uh, where these videos are. Jennifer Gibbon, what's going on? Hello, coach. Long time no see. What's going on, fam? Courtney Thomas, what's going on? Shannon Craig, hey, what's going on? We in the building. Michael Daniel, what's going on, man? Yo, you call me by Mr. Ed, so you must go to my school, man. Thank you for watching. Aline Collins, hey, coach, I'm going to get the paperback copy of this book this weekend. Hey, thank you so much for supporting, and I pray it's a good reason. For those who's like, Josh, I got the book. We're going to be getting the book pretty soon. We're just doing our due diligence with some preliminary kind of discussions so that we'll be able to, when we get into the book, everything, the foundation has been laid. What's going on, Aline? Nick Collins, what's going on? Amanda, what's going on, sis? Uh, let's go. We in the building. Let's get it. Um, hello, Lion Lion. Tampa, Florida in the building. Mississippi in the building. I missed three lessons. Should I go back and do them or just keep going? Keep going. Feel free. Feel led. If the Holy Spirit wants you to go back, go back. If not, you can start where we are now. But know that these videos <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and resources are available forever. And if you want the downloadable version, you can download the audio on my podcast on SoundCloud for sure. You can definitely download it on SoundCloud. Alexa's going on. What's up, Coach Josh? My brother in Christ, love, love you, love you too. Thanks for everything. God bless you, Wilmington, Delaware, in the building. Thank you, thank you, Brooklyn in the house. What's going on, Stella? Miami in the building. Good evening, good evening. Greetings from Chicago, Estella. What's going on? Thank y'all so much for watching. But for those who got their notes, let's get right into it. We got a lot of points to cover today because this is a this is a serious topic about identity issues and identity crisis. And I want to make sure that I cover everything that I feel like God wants me to share today. So for those who got their worksheets, let's get right into it. New York in the building, Virginia Beach, what's going on? Get your worksheets out and let's get right into it. The main thought for tonight's session is this. In order for us to be successful in identifying who or what needs to be in our lives, we must identify with God. Our main thought for this evening is that in order for us to be successful in identifying who or what needs to be in our lives, we must identify with God. And our main points for today, we're going to talk about these three things. What is an identity? Signs you have lost your identity. And three, how to find your identity in God. The three things that we're going to be covering today is what is an identity? Signs you have lost your identity. 
And number three, how to find your identity. So go ahead and share this video to your family, to your friends, because I promise you, <clears throat> each and every one of us have found ourselves in one of these situations where we have struggled in identifying ourselves and specifically identifying who we are in Christ. Now, some scriptures that we're going to cover there. I have a lot of scriptures for you to process through this week. We're probably just going to focus on Genesis 1, 26 through 27. And potentially Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. But I'm going to go ahead and read Genesis 1, 26 through 27 to kind of set the foundation of what it is that I want to share with you all this evening. The word of God says, then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do and the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and wholeness. <clears throat> Let's get right into the first point. What is an identity? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Let's get right into it. What is an identity? I have three definitions that we must cover to set as the foundation as we process identity issues, identity crisis, etc. The first definition is of the definition of identity. The definition of identity is the distinguishing character or personality of an individual. Individuality, the relation established by psychological identification. The definition of identity is the distinguishing character or personality of an individual, meaning what sets you apart, what makes you unique. The Bible says that we were or we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God doesn't make copies. He makes originals, that you are one of a kind. But in this culture that we live in, the satanic system that that blankets our society is prone or designed to make us to become a copy of his image. The one image that can have multiple copies but have a foundational image is the image of Christ, that when it comes to Christ, we are made in his image and in his likeness. But in regards to us, we have our own uniqueness within that image, that we bear the likeness of God, we bear the image of God, but in that, in us identifying with him, we can express his imagery through our own uniqueness. And that's very important for us to understand that there is a distinguishing character or an individuality that we should have in Christ that makes us like him, but uniquely different, not different to him, but expressively different in our own uniqueness and wonder. That's the definition of self-identity. Definition of self-identity is this, the recognition of one's potential and qualities as an individual. Self-identity, by definition, is the recognition of one's potential and qualities as an individual. That's a very dense definition. Basically, what that means is that when you have come to self-identity, you are able to recognize what makes you a unique, what makes you individual. That you have the potential to, you have the opportunity to recognize your potential and your qualities. That's basically your width and your depth. 
Recognition of your potential means your width, how far you can go in life. The qualities represent the depth of you, what makes you a valuable, what makes you unique, what makes you solid, what makes you a person of character. It is our, uh, uh, do, it should be our a focus or our aim to come into a self-identity, come into a self-awareness of who we were created or predestined to be by God, where we're able to recognize once we find our identity in Christ, be, to be able to recognize our width and our depth, meaning our potential and our quality. Now, let's talk about the definition of identity crisis. An identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure or unsure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or roles in society. An identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity, sense means uh, being able to perceive, to be able to be self-aware, of identity becomes insecure or unsure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or roles in society. The devil's ultimate objective is to confuse us because the Bible says where there is confusion, that's every evil work. And so what his ultimate objective is, is to keep you away from Christ, which is clarity, causing you to be confused, which will lead you into a place where you have identity crisis, where you look in yourself and you're unable to sense or perceive what makes you unique, uh, what, what makes you uh, 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 peculiar. And it causes you um, to be confused on what your aim is and to be confused on your role in society. See, when you find your identity of Christ, you know you have an aim and you know your role. You have an aim, you know your role. My aim is to help people grow holistically for God's optimal use. My aim is to help people make sense of their life. My aim is to glorify God. My aim, my aim is to make him pleased. My aim, my ultimate aim, not only to bring pleasure to God, but my ultimate aim is to hear God say, well done. That's my aim. My aim is to grow into the image of Christ. That's my aim. My role in societies are different. I have, I'm a, I'm a, I have the role of a husband. I have the role of a man. I have a role of, a, of an influencer. I have the role of a preacher. I have a lot of roles. But if I don't have my aim, I won't know my role. If I don't have my awareness, if I don't have my, if I don't have, be, if I'm not able to process my adoption in my position as a son of God, then I won't have a clear aim. If I don't have a clear aim, I will be confusing my roles. And if I'm confusing my roles, I won't be able to uh, uh, manage those roles. And that's the ultimate objective in, in the devil's confusion within society is to have us in identity crisis. And my question to you is, are you in an identity crisis right now? Do you know your aim? Do you know your role? Do you know your goals? Do you know who you are? Because before you lay another brick to the to the to the home or the house of your life, before you add another uh, a step to the path, you got to know who you are. Now, let's get to some uh, um, other points under what is an identity, um, and then these definitions will look, will come a little bit more to life. The problem. Many singles are trying to identify their next phase, but are having a hard time due to their lost identity. Many singles are trying to identify their next phase of life, but are having a hard time due to their lost identity. It's going to be hard to identify with the right things if you are unsure about your identity. Many singles are trying to identify their next phase of life, but are having a hard time due to their lost identity. 
There's a lot of singles that's trying to identify themselves with the next phase, whether it's marriage, whether it's career, whatever it is. They're trying to identify, figure out, perceive, understand. But it's hard for them to understand, to perceive, and to and to identify uh, 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 what is connected to the items that's inside of them due to their lost identity. It's very important for you and I to make sure that we know who we are. And, and not just who you are, but who you are in Christ. Because there's two types of you. There's who you are pre salvation. That's who you are in salvation. There's a who you are in salvation is who you become as you go deeper into sanctification process. And it's very important for you and I to understand the process and let the process occur, pruning out all of the things that confused us into thinking that we are something when we were not created to be so. God is the only one that holds the identifiable print of who you are, the identifiable image of who you are. He is the one that created you. He the one that created you with unique wonder, with unique reverence. He's the one that created you for such a time as this with items and resources and qualities and traits that's uniquely tailored to you to help the, the people that you're supposed to help. That's why I'm so glad I found who I am in Christ. And I was confused. There's a lot of people in our world today who are confused about themselves, partaking in roles, pursuing paths that God never intended, pursuing careers, pursuing degrees. Can you see the ripple effects of a person with a lost identity? When you begin to identify yourself with what your mom wants you to identify with or what your dad wants you to identify with or what society is pressuring you to identify with, then you'll begin to select roles. You'll begin to select degrees. You'll begin to select positions. You'll begin to select things, trying to identify yourself, wasting time, wasting money, wasting energies. But if you identify with God in the beginning, you will be selective with everything. You'll be selective with the person that you, that you marry. You'll be selective on the career. You'll be selective on a degree because you will acknowledge God in all your ways because he holds the, he holds the manuscript. He holds the identifiable image of you. He holds the masters. He, he owns the master. He owns the master copy of you. And his goal is through the work and molding of the Holy Spirit to form you into that master copy who is Jesus so that you will be able to have a clear perspective on who you're supposed to be. Only the creator holds the masters of the songs that you want to sing in life. He's the one that holds the master copy of everything that you're supposed to do. But if you do not identify with God, then it's going to be hard for you to identify the things that God has created for you to partake in. And I love Genesis chapter one, verse 26 through 27. Let's break that down right now. <clears throat> it says, then God said, let us make man our image. Now, people look at that and be like, why is God talking uh, to other people? He's talking within himself. Let us, the triune Godhead, let us make man in our image. Notice the image of God was three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit before the time. And the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, that he was in himself sufficiently all three before time. And let us make man our image. Do you not see the three parts in him and the three parts in you? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you in the body form, soul form, and spirit form. We are made in his image. We are three in one, right? But the key thing that I want to get to is it says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Likeness means character. Image means uh, 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 um, image. It means what we look like. That's why the devil hates you because you bear God's image. When he looks at you, he sees the imprint, the design, the signature of God saying that God created this all the way down to the cellular uh, 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 um, structure, all the way down to the DNA. 
He sees the imagery. Therefore, he's trying to pervert that image to mock God. He wants to pervert that image to mock God and to modify that image that God has imprinted in everyone that was created to look like the image of Satan. It says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Notice that. It says, let us make them in our image. Image is first. Likeness is second. Dominion is third. When you are unaware of your image, who your image bearer is, then you won't bear his likeness. And if you don't bear his likeness, you won't dominate properly. God wants us to have dominion in this world. He wants us to dominate. Not dominate in a derogatory sense, but he wants us to walk in his authority. When you have the image, the badge of heaven, and you have the power flowing through you, then you have dominion. When a person recognizes the goodness of God and that goodness draws them to repentance, that repentance reveals the imagery that that person should bear. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. He points us to the image of Christ so that we can see our image. Because if we see the image, then we'll bear their likeness. We do this in every part of society. That as a man, I bear the image of a man. Right now, I work at an elementary school. And I'm sure there's a lot of young men that looks to, up to me as an image, as an image of what a man should look like. That's why I got to make sure I carry the external side of me clear, uh, as godly and as clear as my internal man. My external man shows the image. My internal quality shows my likeness. So as I walk, little boys are looking up to me saying, that's the image of a man. As I engage with them, they see that's the likeness of a man. When they see that manifest, they'll be able to see the dominion of that man. And that's important for us to be the right role models because you never know whose eyes are reaching up to us, gathering intelligence on what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be anything. And that's why the Holy Spirit points us to Christ so that we can see the image. Once we see the image, then we, as we engage with the individual, we will begin to grow in his likeness. And when we grow into his likeness, we'll understand what authority and power is and we'll operate in that in life. But if you distort the image, if the devil can distort the image of man and now men are uh, have lost their masculinity, have fled into femininity, or if that's a word, and now there's a little bit softness when it comes to that man. Now you're going to have <clears throat> millions of young boys uh, gather into that imagery. And then when that person begins to continue to show themselves on Instagram, show themselves on social media, now that person wants to be like them. Because if I can remove the imagery of a man of God out of the home, little boys will look to the images that's on TV, on Internet, that, 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 that the enemy has, has designed. And then those boys will imitate that image and operate in that likeness and then try to operate in a level of dominion, but find themselves with no dominion. That's the same thing with women. If I can masquerade throughout society a lack of modesty, a lack of, of purity, then all of a sudden women's going to start carrying themselves. That's why TikTok and all these different streams are dangerous, because if there's no parent in the home, if there's no proper image in the home, then kids will start looking for what they need to be in life as they formulate who they are in their minds. And then the enemy has the opportunity to, to, to warp the, uh, the, uh, the processing system, warp the um, 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 uh, uh, the things that helps them uh, 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 become who they are. And now they'll start acting like women. It's crazy. I work at elementary school and these fifth graders, fourth graders acting like they're gangsters, acting like they, they got, uh, like they baby mamas, like they, uh, uh, hip hop housewives. They, because they watch this imagery as they formulating, as they're in their formative years and growing, 
Then they then those uh, uh, files and viruses are planted within the hard drive of their mind, causing them to think that this is the way I'm supposed to live, not knowing that living that way has certain kind of consequence that comes with it. And then about time you bear that image and you bear that likeness and you're surrounded by those consequences. Now you try to reboot yourself and try to renew yourself, but you're renewing yourself with complicated consequences that stifles the growth. And it happens all the time. That's why the devil is after the image of Jesus, even in the church. Look at these pastors looking soft with, with soft clothing. Like that's what John the Baptist said about the Pharisees, y'all and y'all soft clothing, masquerading a, a, a false sense of, of what a man of God and a pastor should be. And all of a sudden, all these young pastors, they got to feel like they got to wear tighter jeans. They feel like they got to have all these manipulative uh, uh, new age techniques and gathering people. And now people think that this is the image of Jesus, not knowing that he these people have people behind the scenes funding this false image of church, funding this false image of Jesus. And all of a sudden we think it's a move of God when it's a move of man and they looking for validation. They're, they're establishing validation through manipulation because of men and women as processing manipulative techniques behind the scenes to portray an image. This is what the church is supposed to be. This is what a man of God is supposed to be warping the minds of anyone that truly desires to follow God. And it's, and it's permeated through society. There's men who have identity crisis, women who have an identity crisis, kids have identity crisis because the image of Jesus has been blurred. But when you come to the real man, Christ Jesus, and you have the real Holy Spirit working in you, pointing you to that image, then you will begin to bear his likeness as you engage with that individual. And then you will have the power of dominion. That's why it's time for real men and real women of God to operate in the authority and power because they bear the image. If when you bear the image and you bear the likeness, you have control over every demonic spirit. You have control over even the highest principality because you are now becoming an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Thank you for supporting. And that's beautiful. That's how we're supposed to be. That's why I got to bear his image because he's the only image that if I bear it and he's the only likeness that if I become like him, that I can actually operate in dominion and authority in this realm and spark a residual effect where people can look to you because you look to Christ. And then as you look to Christ, they begin to modify themselves to be Christ like themselves. And there's a lot of people out there trying to identify what's a part of their life to identify a man, identify a woman, identify the next level of their life. But they have yet to identify themselves with God. Let's keep going. <clears throat> next point. You will always identify with what has presently shaped your identity. You will always identify with what has presently shaped your identity. Right now, you are identifying yourself what has shaped your current identity so right now you are identifying so if you grew up and you're not identifying with greed and money that all you identifying with is greed if you grew up with lust all you identifying is with lustful things if you grew up <clears throat> with a certain way of thinking a certain way of living you are only uh, identify with you are only trying to identify with things that shaped your identity if you identify with god if your identity is in God, you only will identify or recognize the things of God. That's why it's important to know who you are in him so that you could be able to recognize the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. A counterfeit is anything that you try to force fit in your life. And when you have lost your identity, you settle for counterfeits because you start reaching for things. Oh, you begin to reach for counterfeits because you're a counterfeit. 
You are a copy of someone else. So you now you reaching for counterfeits to match the copy. But if you bear the image of God, you will only identify with things that has the residue of God on it. Everything in life that you reach for is 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 has residue of of its original designer. That you can recognize something that's designed by someone from a distance because you know how that person stitches. You know how that company creates. And when you are identifying with the creator and not the counterfeit of creation, then you will only identify with what God has created. Let's keep going. What do people identify with the most? Let's continue. What do people identify with the most? What you identify with will determine these lot of eyes. Trust me, walk through with me. There's a lot of eyes here. And thank y'all so much for watching and for liking. I really appreciate it. Helps the video get traction, all that good stuff. What you identify, what you identify with will determine number one, your intelligence. What you identify will determine your intelligence, it will determine the way you think, it will determine how you perceive the things that are around you. If you identify with the things of the world, the world will affect your intelligence. When you identify with the things of God, you will have wisdom. Your intelligence is deeper. See, <clears throat> if you only solely identify with the things of this world, you will only be smart. <laughs> you only be smart. But if you identify with the things with God, not only will you be smart, but you will be wise with your smartiness. You know what I'm saying? You'll be smart, but you'll be wise. You see what I'm saying? So the devil can't be wise. There's no wisdom in here. He can puff you up with a head of full of knowledge with no application. But wisdom comes with identifying with God. What you identify with will determine your intelligence. It will determine the way you think. It will determine the way you process. It will determine the way you cast down or whatnot vain imagination. It will help you process. If you identify with God, you have supreme intelligence. When you identify with the things of the world, your intelligence will be perverted. <clears throat> what you identify with will determine your intimacies. It will determine the uh, what you do in purity form. If you identify with God, you will live a pure life. If you identify with the world, you will be intimate with many people. What you identify with will determine your interests. When you identify with God, you will be interested in the things of the kingdom. You will be interested in the things of God. You will be interested in the things that is of purpose. But if you identify with the image of the devil, you identify with the image of the world, your interests will be carnal. What you identify with will determine your next, your ideas. <clears throat> when you identify with God, your ideas will be coming from the, the, uh, the storage closet of heaven for you. See, I really do believe that there's, there's, a, there's a storage area. I'm not just following my imagery, my metaphoric uh, process. I believe that there's an area in heaven exclusively for your ideas, exclusively for the things that you're supposed to produce. Right now, my ultimate aim is to pull out of heaven, pull out of the storage room, everything that I'm supposed to do here. I do not want to die and look my eyes in the maker. My, my greatest fear is not going to hell because I'm not going to hell. My greatest fear is not going to hell. I'm sealed by the precious spirit of God. My greatest fear is, is not fulfilling my full purpose. That's my greatest fear. My greatest fear, and that's what inspires me. Not because I'm afraid, but because he's been too faithful to me. I have to be faithful to him. I increase my faithfulness once my intelligence completely understands his faithfulness. And then I'm able to say, you know what, God? I'm going to empty out that, that storage unit. I'm going to get all those ideas and manifest it here. And when your interest is in heaven, you want to pull every idea from God and itemizing it, itemize it, 
and produce it to help the people of God. But if your if your identity is in any kind of image outside of Jesus within this world, whether it's a false imagery of men, of man, false imagery of woman, false imagery of husband, wife, whatever position, because everything in life has a perverted image of it. God has the original image of it, the original masters, master copy of it. But the devil has a perverted image of it that is masqueraded all throughout society. That's right. In earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and what he does is he says, how can I get you to formulate and create ideas that will pervert individuals, uh, 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 twist the ideas that you have in your mind to hurt other people? What you identify with will determine your intelligence, your intimacies, your interests, your ideas and their itemization. And what you identify will determine your influence and your influencers. I don't just listen to any preacher. I don't listen to anybody. I don't really listen to too many people because I don't want to be influenced. You know, I have grown in my maturity. I there's preachers I used to watch when I was young. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even press play on their videos today, uh, especially for nourishment. You see what I'm saying? Because I already know uh, I know how to rightly divide the word of truth, so I'm able to process if it's poison or it's pure, right? But when you are identifying with the imagery of the world, you will be influenced by any and everything because you lack identity. When you lack identity, you reaching for identity and you're reaching within the cloud, the invisible cloud of influences trying to find yourself. Never reach out to find yourself. You got to find yourself in God. Many people, because their foundation not in God, they begin to find someone. Please let me know who I am. And when you in the spirit realm looking like you're reaching for identity, the enemy is going to place individuals. He's going to play place imagery in front of your life to get you to to uh, grasp hold of it and be modified and shaped into that imagery, causing you to be influenced by it. And now that influence is permeating through you. All influences is like currency. It flows. Influences flow. So influence through culture floods into the hearts and minds of people and floods out of them into anybody that looks up to them. That's why you got to be very careful what influences you. And if you identify with God, you'll know exactly. I already sense in my spirit, man, that this is not of God. So I'm not going to let it through my ear gate or my eye gate. I'm going to keep my heart and my mind pure. And I'm only going to allow the Holy Spirit to be my dominant influencer. And only listen to people engage with things that is of the, the same cloth as God <clears throat> influencing my decisions. What you identify will determine your imitations. It will determine who you imitate. It will determine the image that you portray. What you identify will determine your immediately, meaning it will determine how quickly you do things. When you identify, listen, hear me closely. All of us immediately obey our God. And we're not even we're talking about God and God's little G's. You see what I'm saying? You know the level of your intimacy with God based upon your immediately. I want to be a Mr. Immediately, not a Mr. Eventually, because eventually is still disobedience because if obedience has a time to it. See, see, <clears throat> when you understand timing, you know that when God tells you to do something now, there is residual impact based upon that obedience. That if I obey God immediately and get it done, it affects things going down the line. And when I became aware of that, that my obedience today can determine the fruit I receive years from now, will determine the life I have years from now. And many people look, well, I obey God. I don't see anything happen. No, obedience may not have a return until years later. But that initial, uh, that initial obedience has spawned a, a flow, a, a, a residual impact that will give you a residual return later. 
And so many people are like, well, I've been obeying God. I don't see anything. Keep obeying God because your obedience today will determine what you receive tomorrow. But a lot of people are, are Mr. and Mrs. Eventually when it comes to God because they don't really identify with him. When you identify with God, you obey immediately because you know the ramifications of your obedience and your stewardship of your time. But when you identify with the things of the world, you will immediately respond to that lust, immediately respond to that greed, immediately respond to that pride. You immediately respond to whatever you identify with and become an eventual obedience to the things of God when you have identified with the things of the world. And some people don't even respond at all. What you identify with will determine your immediately and your importance and what's important. It will determine your importance, your like, like your value. <clears throat> when you identify with God, you have a priceless value. There's no price on you. Like you're you're off the market. You see what I'm saying? Like there's just certain things that you never will sell. Because it's priceless to you. There's no price that will make you release it, right? And so when you identify with the things of God, you your importance grows. <clears throat> you grow in importance. You grow in value. You grow in status. You grow in dignity. When you identify with God, you become you become aware of your dignity. You become aware of your value. That's why I treat everybody well, because everybody bears the image of God, even my enemies. That's why the Bible says treat your enemies a certain way because they still bear the image of God. I never want to do anything that would that would hurt his image, right? But when I identify with God, my importance become priceless. When I identify anything with the world, I now have a price. When it comes to the marketplace. See what I'm saying? The devil knows all oh, that he, that person's mindset has priceless on it. I can't really tempt them with so much because nothing can make them step off where they are. They 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 don't they're, they're never on a clearance rack. You see what I'm saying? It determines your importance and what's important to you. Basically, what you identify with will determine what's important to you. Basically like this, when, with me as a man, when I identify with God and my identity is shaped by him, my, my order of importance is established. Back in my day, not back in my day, Lord, I'm not even that old, but, but maybe six years ago, I had a poor priority list. So basically, my identity wasn't in God at a certain time. See, you had to understand that it, identity, identifying yourself with God is a day-to-day -day process, a season-by-season -season process, a period-by-period -period process. It is, <clears throat> it is the uh, uh, um, constant state of self-awareness and allowing your mind to be renewed. Because the moment you stop the process, then you begin to plummet. And what I mean by that is, five years ago, of course I was saved, but my identity was in my ministry. I identified more in the success of my ministry than I did in ministry to God. And that messed up my whole list that when I was dating my wife, I began to show uh, um, a residue of poor identity that as I was courting her, she was like, why are you look, why are you seemingly expressing to me that that ministry is more important than who I will be to you? See, fellas, you got to understand women's intuition See, that's different between women's intuition and women's emotions. See, women's emotions is separate than a woman's intuition. When you got a solid woman, she'll check you. That intuition will check you because she's going to be like, you're practicing something right now that's causing me to feel insecure and unstable and uncertain. I don't want to say insecure because a woman of God is not going to feel insecure because of security is in Christ, but she may feel unstable or uncertain about you. 
about submitting to you. <laughs> That's why, ladies, anytime you feel uncertain or unstable, you don't submit to anything that makes you feel uh, to a man that makes you feel uncertain, unstable. And it should be the goal of the man to exhibit a life that will make a woman that the woman that God has will make her always feel certain and stable about submitting to you. But when you don't identify with God and you identify with your career or you identify with your ministry, then your order of priority is skewed. And that's why you have a lot of men and a lot of women who work so hard because they identify with their career and their kids and their children is left to the to the to the imagery of the world. And now about time Jimmy is 14, about time Susie's 16, you done lost them because you lost your identity. Anything, anytime you lose your identity, anything that's connected to you becomes lost. Anytime you lose your identity, any and everything that's connected to you becomes lost. That's why I got to keep my identity, keep my intelligence, keep my life and identify with God. Because when I, the more I identify with him day to day, acknowledge him in all my ways, then I become more and more like him, which means I become more loving. I become more patient. I become more kind. You see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden now everything up under me is solid because I'm solid. Because now I put everything in order. Now, the more I identify with God and the more I became uh, in his image, man, my wife can attest. If she's watching right now, she can attest that when I that that when I am in order, everything falls orderly. My first ministry was not my ministry. My ministry is to God. When I minister to him, I will be a better minister to anyone and everything up under me. You have to practice now, fellas and ladies, because if not, Everything up under you, you will look for it and it'll be lost. You'll be looking your son in the eye and see that he's lost. You will look your daughter in the eye and see that she's lost. You'll look your wife in the eye and see that they're lost. You'll look at your, your, your employees and they'll feel lost because you haven't been found. Everything becomes, you'll, you find things when you become found. You find things when you have a firm foundation, foundation, found foundation, right? So when you become found and you find yourself, you will find everything else. You Oh, there you are. Oh, that's who my husband is. That's who my wife is. Because when you find your identity with God, you begin to identify the things as part of your life and almost feels like they have like an aura about them, like a residue about them that makes you be like, you know what? That's for me. I can recognize things for me. <clears throat> Every place that my, I, my wife and I have lived, she can attest to it. I knew it was ours. I knew it was ours because I, I know God. And when you know God, you know the residue on that house, on that place, on that dog, on whatever it is that you want in life. That's mine. Because my identity is a God. I can easily identify everything. And, I, and you know what's good? When you identify with God, you can let a good thing go. Because I don't want nobody else's good thing. I want you to have your good thing. I don't want I don't want anything that doesn't have Joshua Ejike Eze's name on it. But the more you identify with God, you will begin to identify quickly what's yours because the spirit of God, you and him so close. Yep, that's mine. That's mine, etc. Let's keep going. What you identify with will determine your improvements. When you identify with God, you always recognize room of improvement. You identify the things in the world. You feel like you don't have to improve on anything because you think you the you the big dog. You know you the you the baddest thing, the baddest chick out there. You see what I'm saying? So there's no need to improve. But when you identify with God and you see how big God is, man, that image right there of Jesus is a big image. And 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 I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit cause me to grow. 
and improve. What you identify with will determine your imaginations. It will determine what you fantasize about. It will determine what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so will it be. Out of the mouth flows the issues of life. You see what I'm saying? Imaginations. And when you bear the image of God, you imagine a greater life uh, for you, for yourself and for your family. You begin to imagine the ways to advance the kingdom of God. Your imagination is different. And, and, and it produces that with from that imagination. But when you identify with the world, your imaginations become perverted. It become lustful. It become, how can I screw people over? How can I make more money? How can I do this? How can I do that? For yourself, you become self-centered and your imaginations become all everywhere in its perversions in the midst of it. What you identify with will determine your information. 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 It will determine the intelligence pretty much. When I identify with God, I have unlimited access to information. God's my Google, you know what I'm saying? You know, God first, then Google second, then grind third, you see what I'm saying? It determines your information. Like, I don't want to connect myself with any and everything in this world and now I'm informed improperly. I have the wrong information. You know, the key, the core of the word information is form, information, information, what you let in forms and it determines uh, what you produce. You see what I'm saying? So you got to be very careful what you allow to inform you because whatever you allow in you will form you. The information that you have about health, the information you have about wealth, the information that you have about stealth, the information you have about anything will then begin to form you. And now you start living off of bad information. Look what happened to Adam and Eve. You will not surely die. That's bad information. They, and so what she thought was, oh, okay, I ain't gonna die. Ain't that really bad of a consequence? Then what's the what's the point? Why why be in a garden with a God that keeps everything from me when I can be equal to him? So I'm gonna operate in that information. And then what kind of form did it create into mankind? It created the perverted form, and now we bear we we are born with the image of Adam, with the with the with the uh, uh, form of Adam. And then based upon uh, us, us welcoming the goodness of God will determine if we become into the form of Jesus. See, we all are born with the form of the first Adam. And then we're for those who are uh, uh, pursued are now born, reborn with the form of Christ. But it all based upon the information. That's why the Bible says, how can they be saved without a preacher? How can it not be? How can they be saved without the gospel? And that's why the devil's after the gospel message. He wants to tank the gospel. He wants because a partial gospel cannot save. You got to talk about the ratchetness of man. <clears throat> you got to talk about the sin of man and, and how a man, how the man is flawed deeply that the heart of man is messed up and, and that that man needs a savior and the savior is the man Christ Jesus and the only way to the father is through him that that if you don't repent you will go to hell period the gospel has to be preached in the, its most balanced presentation letting you know that in the beginning when God created man God created man in his image and his likeness and he placed him in the garden to steward and have dominion and then the serpent came in with the false information caused Adam and Eve to sin against God which caused a separation Separation. But since God loved man so deeply, he had it before he even created man, the slainness of Christ in mind. Therefore, he allowed um, you could tell that he knew that the Savior was going to come based upon the womb of a woman, that the blood of the woman can't even cross with the blood of the man. And in the womb, the child can produce its own its own blood from the father. So he already knew that the man was going to fall. So he created the womb of a woman in such a way that will allow the opportunity for the man, Christ Jesus, to come in perfect body 
bodily form and not tainted by sin that coming in life. And thousands of years later, that man came onto the scene through the virgin uh, birth of Mary and he lived a life and, and, and lived it in such a way that made him so distinct, accomplishing every prophecy of the word so that nobody else, anybody in the world, no matter atheist, whoever, if they do their due diligence, they will begin to see the, the, the prophecy of, 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 of this man manifested in the man Christ Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. That man stood in his face towards Jerusalem as a face of a flint, and he went to that cross to die the death that we were supposed to, took our sins upon him, giving us the imputed righteousness of him so that we can have right standing with God and we can forever live with him in eternity forever. Not only just living with him eternally forever, but we can have a relationship with him now. That's the gospel. But it begins with we are messed up, unable to save ourselves, and we desperately need a savior and a spirit of God to seal us, to renew our minds. But if you always talk about a Santa Claus God that loves you and his grace is everlasting, no matter what you do, you're going to be all right, man. You're setting yourself up to go to hell. If you always talk about your best life is here, nobody will be prepared for eternity. So if you don't preach the full gospel, then people won't be saved. That's the right information that it doesn't matter who you believe. Jesus is who he said he is. And you can't get me all of my posts because the faith that God has placed me is not just an emotional one, but it's intellectual uh, uh, connection that I can. If when you investigate everything, when it comes to this faith, you will find out that he is true, that the word of God spanning 1500 years written by 40 different men from different eras of society. God breathed through imperfect men to write a perfect document that lets us know who we are to the point to where he knew that the devil and people get mad at this. <clears throat> How do you know the Bible's infallible? Or people will say, well, 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 if God wrote the Bible, why didn't God just let one book fall from heaven and that lesson on the birth? Do you not know if there is one book, all the devil got to do is steal that one book and we'll never have a book? That right now there's 25,000 fragments of the New Testament that when you put those 25,000 fragments of the New Testament together, that you will be able to read what's in your Bible now in the King James Version right now that's similar to the fragments out there. God is not going to create a faith that cannot be fact-checked. But if you got the wrong information, you'll think that Jesus is, is some uh, fake deity or whatever. You If you get the wrong information and you don't investigate, that's why investigate everything. Investigate everything I say. I don't want you to believe everything I say, but, but my goal is to back everything by the word of God. Investigate everything. Don't just take information to be taking information. Investigate every information. And then you will find the truth. And the truth will set you free. And you have the belt of truth keeping you ready for war. What you identify with will determine your information. It will determine your inspiration. It will determine what inspires you. And it will determine your imprint. It will determine the print or the impact you have on society. Let's keep going for time's sake. What you identify with will determine your intentions. It will determine your motives. When you identify with God, your intentions become pure. When you identify with the things of the world, your intentions becomes uh, impure. It, it also, what you identify with will determine your invitation, invitations. It will determine who you invite into your life. See, listen, when I identify with God, I don't just invite any and everybody into my life. I'm just sorry. I just don't do it. I don't invite anybody because when I, if I invite you, what I mean by invite means into accountability phase, into friendship phase. You know what I'm saying? Because, because if I invite you too deeply, you can have too much of a deep impact on me. Uh, I already said interest, I believe. What you identify with will determine your interactions. It will determine how you interact. It will determine who you interact with. Let's keep going. Signs, you've lost your identity. 
signs you've lost your identity. People lose themselves in these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things. These are nine things people lose themselves in. And these will let you know the signs that you have lost your identity. Signs you lost your identity or people lose themselves in these. People lose themselves in their relationships. Number one, one of the top things that people lose their identity in is in other relationships. People have lost themselves in a relationship with their family, have lost themselves in relationships of their fantasies, has lost their relationships in their friendships, have lost their identity in in their relationships with with, uh, 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 the opposite sex or whatever. They lose themselves. The, The deeper you go in life without identifying yourself, the more of you you lose. So when when you lose yourself in the ideals of what your parents have informed you on, you lose your or you, when you have lost yourself or you lose yourself in ideas of your parents, you lose yourself in ideas or influences of your first love or your boyfriend, your husband, <clears throat> wife or whoever. You lose yourself. That's why you got to find yourself before you in, before you endeavor to get into a relationship, because many people, since they're lost, they even lose more than such relationship because their whole objective is to people, please. And they, the whole objective is not to be abandoned or rejected. So they'll compromise their values and standards just to keep somebody. Listen, listen, I, you can't keep if you haven't been kept. And most people in their singleness are not being kept, so they're not prepared to keep. And so what happens is when they settle into something trying to keep it, they compromise who they are just to keep it around. And you, it's crazy. Do not compromise who you are to keep something that's beneath you. you no, know, I ain't going to keep nobody that's beneath me. I'm not going to keep. No, I, I, I keep based upon how I've been kept. But a lot of people lose themselves in their relationships. They, they, that's why the enemy is after the people that's around you. Because you know, the people that's around you, intimately wise, we're talking about husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or family, you begin to lose yourself. And you got to be very careful. Look at your relationships right now and see, is, is, this, is this bringing clarity of who you are or is causing you uh, to be confused about who you are? Look at your relationship with the man you with now, the person you with now, or the ideal person that you're thinking about, and ask yourself, is this person I'm thinking about wanting to be with, or the person I'm with currently, are they bringing more clarity who I am, or are they bringing more confusion about who I am? A lot of people lose themselves in relationships, or they're setting themselves up to lose even more of themselves in relationships. People lose themselves, number two, in their ring of friends, in their ring of friends. I I guess relationships was more boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, the idea of love, etc. But number two, people lose themselves in their ring of friends. You show me your friends, show me your fish. That's what they say. I added some to it. If you show me your family, you show me your foundation. So if your family's jacked up and your friends jacked up, your foundation and your future's jacked up. So you got to look at your ring of friends and say, am I losing myself? Because when you found yourself in God and you know who you are, you won't compromise. You'll be like, I can't be your friend anymore because you're, you're trying to get me to compromise. I can't because, listen, when God's enough with you, you don't need nothing. You don't really need anything. <clears throat> you want a husband. You want a wife, but you don't need a husband. See, wants and needs are two totally different things. Wants means, oh, I would like to have that. Needs is, I got to have that. That's a difference. Need means I got to have a man right now. I got to have a woman right now. When you identify with God, God, I got everything in you. If I get a wife, bet. If I get a husband, bet. 
If I get a raise, bet. If I get this, bet. Because I know you the promoter. Promotion don't come from East to West, it come from you. I know that you'll supply all my needs according to riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. So I'm not messed up. <clears throat> I'm not worried. But when you get caught up in these ring of friends, then all of a sudden, you lose yourself. Well, it's best to have friends than be by myself. Do not be afraid to be alone. Listen, being alone is a blessing. The older you get, <clears throat> you 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 appreciate being alone. Now you have to have balance with that. Don't get me don't get me wrong. But the more you grow in the things of God, you love being alone because when you're alone, you get to hear God more. But so many people are so afraid to be alone that they will lose themselves in a ring of friends and stand in this level of stagnation and not succeeding. Listen, I refuse to be around anybody that's beneath me, beneath me. We're talking about friendships. Like, like if, if you ain't, if we ain't sharpening each other, I'm out, man, because I don't got time <clears throat> because because friendships that are not going forward and the things of God drain you. Let's keep going. People lose themselves in their relationships. People lose themselves in a the ring of friends. Some people lose themselves in their remorse. In this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but the word of God says, be of good cheer for you overcome them all. He overcome the world. He overcame everything. He overcame the effects of grief with the loss of a family member. He overcame the grief that comes with lo the loss of a loved one. He comes with grief with the remorse or the feelings of breakup and rejection. But when you don't identify with God, you will lose yourself in your remorse. You will lose yourself in your grief. You'll lose yourself in your pain. And, and if you don't know that in Christ you have gained everything, even the power to overcome the pain and that he was slain for your pain. He was slain so that you can gain from pain. That pain can reveal a new message, a new story that will help other people in their pain. But when you get to a place where the remorse becomes too heavy and the grief becomes so unbearable, then you will lose yourself. You will lose the opportunity to discover even a greater depth of yourself to potentially create resources and tools that will help other people in that same pain. Do not allow pain to keep you at a place of, of, of remorse that you lose yourself. All of a sudden, now you become the product with your grief. Now you identify with your grief. You're not supposed to identify with your grief or with your remorse. Yeah, mama passed away. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It sucks. It's going to suck when things happen. And remorse is deep pain. And I understand. But there has to, you have to get to a place where you find yourself before the pain occurs. You got to find yourself in Christ before the before the pain occurs. Because if not, when pain comes. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to go through it because you're human. But but a moment of pain should not last 20 or 30 years. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> Go through your process of grief. I'm not sitting there. I'm not trying to be insensitive. But what I'm saying is do not allow pain to be what you identify with. And now your marriage plummets. Now your family plummet because you're still hurting about mama who passed away 20 years ago. Don't get me wrong. It's going to hurt. It's going to it's going to bother you. But when you are a person of God and you're a person of purpose, you will find a way to get used that pain to gain. Let's keep going. People lose themselves in their regrets. In their regrets. 
Listen, man, I understand, man. You made some bad decisions. I understand. I know you, you know, you. every time you look at your children, you you think about that man that you knew. You go all the way back to the day. You said, man, I knew that I should have went home that day because if I didn't go home, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have. If I would have just did this, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have. If I would have just obeyed, I understand. But do not lose yourself in your regrets. Do not lose yourself <clears throat> in, in what happened. Regroup. Repent, regroup, and rebound. It's that simple. Repent. Say, God, I, I repent for that decision. Lord, renew my mind so I can regroup and so that I can rebound. But some people, they lose themselves in their regrets. They're still upset with themselves about a mistake they made 10 years ago. That now you identify with because I, I since I wasn't in my kid's life for five or six years, now I'm full of regret. And now, now you instead of instead of finding ways to be refurbished by God, renewed by God, to now be at least a father that can at least do something in your children's life, you get so caught up in that regret that you that you flee, that you disappear. It happens all the time with people. They they allow their regrets to be so deep that they lose themselves, or they lose who they could be. People lose themselves in their reasons and the reasons of others. Reasons. They lose themselves in their reason. Well, this is the reason why I do this. They identify or lose themselves in their reason. Well, this is the reason why I am who I am. So they they lose themselves because if, if because of what my mama did, because of what my daddy did, because of what happened, this is the reason why I am who I am and I'm not changing. This is the reason why I do what I do. This is the reason why I have an attitude. This is the reason why I'm, I'm chasing every tail. This is the reason why I'm doing everything. This is my reason. People lose themselves in their reasons. We don't, I don't care about <clears throat> the reason why you're here. We're talking about the reason. We Let's talk about the reason reason or the person that will give you the right reasons to reason with yourself so that you can become a person of success or the reasons of others. You know what I'm saying? That because of what this other person did, I'm going to identify myself with that. And then you lose yourself. People lose themselves in their reaches. What I mean by reaches, what they are pursuing. So you got this new information, this new reason of life and now all of a sudden you're pursuing this path and you lose yourself in your pursuit versus the one of finding yourself in who pursued you. Never pursue, never get so lost in a pursuit due to you not recognizing the value of God's pursuit of you. See, see, most people lose themselves in the pursuit of a position in a career, a position in entrepreneurship, a position of success. They're reaching for it. And so they lose themselves in reaching for it. They lose their joy. They lose their peace. They lose their family. They lose their everything reaching for this thing. And then when they reach the peak of what they thought success was, they feel empty. They feel empty empty. Any place, no matter what height you accomplish, without God, you will always feel empty. Never. Like, so that's why I don't reach for success because <clears throat> how do, listen, <clears throat> sometimes we get so caught up on how far another person reached or we get so caught up in the fantasy of our mind of where we possibly could reach that as we are reaching that pinnacle and that peak, we lose ourselves. And then we get up there and we not only have lost ourselves, not only have lost uh, what's precious to us, we still feel empty, man. That's why I don't, I don't, I, I care about 
who who reached I care about God's reach towards me than I do what I'm reaching towards. That's why I constantly reach towards him. My goal is to reach after him. My goal is to seek even greater depths of his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all is right. Not some of his righteousness, but I, my goal is to seek all his righteousness. How can I be even more righteous as a husband, more righteous as we're talking about in as far as not in in um who I am as righteous of Christ. You're talking about in righteous living, that I want to become more righteous in my thinking, more renewed in my thinking, so that I can live in a greater level of righteousness as a husband, as far as, as doing things the right way. That's why, man, when you get so caught up on reaching a position versus reaching towards a person, you will always feel empty. When you reach the person, you'll reach any position full. But if you reach for the position and not the person, you will reach that position empty. But if you reach for the person, the Bible says in the in its presence, there's a fullness of joy. You will always be full and you will manage that position well. People lose themselves in their ratings. Well, they lose themselves in their ratings, meaning low rating, high rating. Oh, well, um, well, I ain't really saying like that person. So they lose themselves. They lose the reality of who they are. In their self-righteousness, meaning like they think they so good, but they have lost that really they're not as good as they think. There's only one goodness, God. And so many people get so caught up in ratings. Well, I don't care about no ratings about where I'm at and who I am. I'm not checking a list. Of, am I in the top 100 preachers of all time? I'm not, I'm not looking at my ratings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just looking at like where I rate to God. You know what I'm saying? How, how I relate, how I relate to him. I don't care about rate. I care about relate. You see what I'm saying? I want to relate more. I want to relate more to God. And then I would naturally climb the ratings of my life. I will naturally become a better version of myself to be good, to, to become a greater use to God. But some people with low ratings in their mind don't even think they're righteous enough to go to God. They don't even think they're worthy enough to talk to God, man. Come on, man. It's Jesus and righteousness that's been imputed on you that now you have access to the Father. You all you are always priceless. You just got to find the person of Christ that lets you know who how priceless you are, and then you will perform accordingly. <clears throat> People lose themselves in their rewards. It's crazy how many people still talking about the trophies of years ago, rings from years ago, who they was. Listen, listen, I don't got time to talk about past rewards. I want to get new rewards. I want to, the only rewards I care about is rewards I get to heaven. I don't want to have all the accolades and the accomplishments in this land, but die and go to heaven and have nothing to show for it. Listen, the Bible says, lay up for yourselves treasures. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves can break in and steal. But instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where none of those things can touch. Anybody with any common sense who knows that, for instance, I say this analogy all the time when I talk about this. If my principal sends me on a trip to a conference in Texas for a week and um, everything's paid for, a room, board, food, everything, it would be foolish of me. Not to accomplish my not to accomplish my assignment for that brief period of time, but instead during those seven days, I go look for a house, I go look for a car, I go look for all these different things that's that's pertaining to Texas. But then when my plane ticket says come back home and I fly back home, and my principal sits down and says, Okay, so what did you accomplish? And all I can say is that I I built, I got me a house, I got me a car, I got me all these different things. And she looks at me and says, but you didn't do anything that I sent you there to do. Do you know how many people's going to go to heaven 
looking confused that God said, I didn't send you down here, down there to, to get a house. Don't get me wrong. Uh, to get a house, to get a car, to get a spouse, to get all these different. I didn't see you there solely for that. But God said, but I funded everything. The thing about God, God, when he sent us down here, he's going to he's going to supply everything. Just like an employer supplies the room, board, the, the food. But you got to change the way you look at those things. A home is not something that you identify with. A car is not something that you're supposed to identify with. Uh, a spouse is not someone that you're supposed to identify with. Those are instruments. Those are tools to accomplish the idea or purpose that God wants you to produce. My wife, I can't get consumed with my wife. Oh my gosh, because the more I get consumed with my wife, I'll eat the fruit. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying she'll give me a fruit, but what I'm saying is anything that you consume, man, you, you, they can be used to get you to eat a fruit that calls you as a leader to be jacked up. But God sent us down here and not not for houses and cars and lands and, and being proud his life. He sent us down here for an assignment. Now, he will provide a house. He'll provide a car. He'll provide a spouse. He'll provide everything you need for the purpose that you have down here. But so many people are so focused on getting a house, focused on getting cars, focused on getting accolades and accomplishment in a temporary place, not knowing that they're going to die and go and live somewhere forever. It is best to make investments where you will be forever. Never make investments where you're going to be temporarily. Make investments where you're going to be forever. If I'm going to be eternally forever somewhere, and I know for me it's heaven, I'm going to make investments. So when I get to heaven, I want God to be like, well done, son. Now look everything, look at all the things that you're going to have based upon how well you did down there. People lose themselves in their righteousness and their religion. They lose themselves in their self-righteous. They think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. They lose themselves in religion. They lose, they, 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 they idolize, they idolize Christianity. They idolize their denomination. They idolize who they are, and they don't know God enough for themselves. Let's keep going. Signs, you have lost your identity. Real quickly, signs you have lost your identity and how to find your identity. And then we're going to some questions. Signs you have lost your identity, you have no time or desire for God. <clears throat> you know you've lost your identity or about to lose your more of your identity is when you have no time or desire for God. It's a day-to-day -day thing. See, right now, if I choose, that's right, we are nothing without Jesus. If today I choose to take my mind away from God, I can lose my identity. All this identity I've built, that's why you have people who did well at a certain period of time. And and they and they lived a great life, they lived a pure life, and all of a sudden, a period of time, they lost themselves, and you start seeing the fruit of that. The, your fruit is based upon your focus. Your fruit is based upon your connection to the vine. You see what I'm saying? He says, "He, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He prunes the branch so he can bear more fruit. You see what I'm saying? The branch is nothing. The branch is nothing. The branch is, the branch is only good enough to hold fruit. That's it. So, um, see, when you think of yourself, you begin to think that you're the vine and that Jesus is your branch. I'm the vine, so Jesus, you got to make sure you hold my fruit for me. No, no, we hold the fruit, the fruit that he wants us to hold based upon him as the vine. The vine is what brings the nutrients through the branch. So I'm just the branch that's supposed to just do my job and holding the right fruit, pointing people back to the vine and getting them pruned and getting them connected to the vine so they can bear more fruit to draw more people to God, right? But so many people, it takes one twist of the mind, one twist of your mind, and you go and start going this way, and you start losing your identity over time. That's why you got to continue 
to have hunger and thirst after God. Because the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after his righteousness shall be filled. Signs that you have lost your identity or losing it, you have no need or you have no time or desire for God. Once your desire from God becomes distracted, you begin losing your identity and all these other things, your intelligence, your intimacy, your interests, your ideas, your itemization, your influences, etc. fail as well. Thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate it. Another sign you have lost yourself, you have no time or desire to invest in you. God is so good to identify with because he gives you an opportunity to, to itemize and to grow. But so many people, they lose their identity in other things that they never personally developed. Then they develop themselves for career, but they don't develop their character. But it's important for us to understand that, that, that the more we identify with God, the more we begin to have a desire for him. We have, we, we, we're open to have more time for him. And then we have more time and desire to invest in us so that we can become a better servant to God. That's why I love, I can't wait, man. I get my eyes get teary every time I think about the day that I look my creator in my eyes. And he says, Joshua, Ijike, Eze, well done, my good and faithful servant. I love that. Signs, you have lost your identity. Number three, you're not comfortable being yourself anywhere or are selective. You know you've lost yourself when you're not really comfortable being yourself. Man, listen, I am Joshua Ezzy everywhere. Now, there's different forms of Joshua Ezzy, not for compromise purposes, but there's a Joshua Ezzy that my wife knows that nobody else will know. There's a Joshua Ezzy on the basketball court. There's a Joshua Ezzy in preacher form, but it's not compromised. It's not, it's not contradicting each other. I love the Trinity. I love the uniqueness and the awe. It's, it's, it's the thing about God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. We'll never fully comprehend what that looks like. We'll never fully comprehend. We can only try to comprehend it. But the beautiful thing about each of them three, they're fully and truly themselves as one. They, they're, they're each their own. They're each their own fully themselves, but they don't contradict each other. That's what makes beauty. So my body, my soul, and my spirit, you know you're at a level of maturity when none of those areas contradict themselves. You know that you around your wife, you around your husband, you around your kids, you around your homeboys, you around a, 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 a woman, all are the same. The moment you begin to contradict or, or to um, live poorly in the area, you contradict your character. You have to be the same person. You have to be okay with being yourself everywhere. Signs you lost yourself, you let other people define you. you let, you've let you let your mom's thoughts of you define you. Let your dad's thoughts of you define you. You let everyone define you. That's a sign that you've lost yourself when you've allowed everyone else to define you. Signs you lost yourself, you've lost your passion for your passions. The more you identify yourself with the things of this world or any other thing other than God, you begin to lose passion for what you're passionate about. Now you have a fake passion for a dentistry. You have fake passion to be a doctor. You have a fake passion for a career and have no passion for your calling because you don't, have, you don't know yourself. But you know you love poetry. You know you love writing. You know you love drawing. You know you love uh, 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 entrepreneurship. You know you love all these different things. But because you have been defined by somebody else and because you have allowed society to define and let you know that there's no whatever, whatever, in as money or success. All of a sudden, now you have lost your passions for your passion. That's a sign that you have lost yourself. Another sign that you have lost yourself, you constantly seek approval. 
If you're always looking for approval, then you'll lose yourself. See, anytime, every time, most of the time, all the time, pretty much, I have to constantly remind myself of my acceptance. When you know you have been accepted, you don't care about whether anybody else accepts you. Oh, man, I'm so glad I'm at this place in my life. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand how happy I am to be where I'm at today. I don't care what nobody got to say. I don't I don't look for nobody's approval. Uh, man, I'm so content in God. Oh, I'm growing. I don't like to say I'm because co contentment could be a place that no human can ever achieve. Perfect contentment. But a proximity of contentment is where I, where I feel like I am. But that's just my, where my thoughts are. But man, let me tell you, I do not care about anybody else's approval of me. I have been approved. <laughs> when you know the gospel merit message that you have been adopted, adoption is a beautiful thing, that I have been accepted by somebody, approved by somebody, that I don't have to look for everybody's approval because, because over time, God will reveal his approval of me. See, people want immediate approval, but don't want to embrace the current approval of God that will show the world your eventual approval. Like, like people, that's why I tell people, don't, don't get caught up in who overlooks you now. When God's looking at you, who cares what everybody else overlooking and not showing you approval? Over time, people be like, man, wow, I can't believe I overlooked that person. You got to let God let people overlook you. Because if some people look in your way right now, you will take your eyes from God. When you accept it, you don't look for acceptance. <clears throat> when you are aware of your acceptance in Christ, you don't look to be accepted by others. You appreciate those who accept you, but you're not you're not identified. You're not identifying yourself. In. Signs you have lost your identity. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number seven, you always think negatively about yourself. You always think negatively about yourself. That's a sign that you have lost your identity. Next point. Signs you lost your identity, you have either no standards or have lowered them tremendously. You know you have lost your identity when you don't have no standards. Your body's available to anybody cute. You know what I'm saying? Your mind is available to anybody who's intelligent. You, you're just no standards. You don't have no value of yourself. Or you lower your standards tremendously just to feel accepted. Listen, I'd rather be at the standard I'm supposed to be and be alone than to lower my standards to be around everybody else. I, I, if, if for God I live, for God I die. If I got to do this by myself, alone, my wife and I and my family, for God I live, for God I die, as far as me and my house will serve the Lord. I don't care if we got to serve him by ourselves. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about new friends and old friends. Like if you, don't, if you don't like what me and God got going on with me and God cooking in the kitchen, then I ain't going to set a plate for you. Like I, Stop making plates for people. They don't, they don't like what you're cooking. Oh, my. Stop making place for people that don't like what you're cooking. If you don't like what me and God cooking, I ain't making a plate for you. And, and people are setting tables and making space for people and trying to show them this what me and God cooking. And then people don't like it. So what you do is let me put a little bit extra salt. Let me put an extra confusion. Let me put some extra uh, uh, some stuff in here. God, I need you to get you out of the kitchen because I'm going to cook something they're going to like. If I got to eat at the table by myself and all I, and it's just me and my family. I ain't setting no table for you, creating no plate for you. If you don't like what me, if you don't smell what me and God is cooking, and if you don't like what me and God is cooking, then I ain't making a plate for you. And I sure ain't making a place at my table for you. I hate to think like my mama would say. So I'd rather be at the standard of God 
and just be me, my wife, my kids, and God chilling. Then they say, babe, they don't like us. So let's lower God. We'll we'll catch you later, God, but we're going to climb the ladder back down to everybody else. I hate the thing. I refuse. I'm sorry. Signs you have lost your identity. Last but not least, you have no desire for truth. You have no desire for truth. If you have no desire for truth, you have no desire for freedom. It's crazy how many people want to stay bound. They'd rather be bound than to be found. Mm. Lord, you are a great preacher. Holy Spirit, you are an amazing preacher. That's, they'd rather stay bound than to be found. Because if you care about truth, you care about freedom. Whoever finds truth, truth will set them free. Truth will hold you up. So you know you lost yourself. Well, I don't want the truth because I, truth, when you find a truth, you got to change. See, truth doesn't make you change. It tells you you should change. The truth just says, do what you want with this, but we're not changing. God's like, man, listen, y'all can sin all y'all want to. Do what y'all want, but it ain't changing me. Do what you want. I, I, I'm not. God's like, I, what you do don't affect me. God is self-sufficient. God's like, cool, if you want to be in heaven. See, God is too good to make you go to heaven. God is too good. God, 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 God doesn't want nobody to go to hell, but he's like, man, listen, come on, man. If you don't, if you're not going to open your door for people that don't like you, why is God going to open up heaven for people that don't like him? So people get mad at God. If you believe in the prison system, people who can't operate correctly in society, then why can't you believe in the hell? Hell is real. And those people gonna and hell's gonna be full. The Bible talks about narrow is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and broad is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Few's gonna find the narrow, and a bunch is gonna find the broad. God's like, look, listen, 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 listen. <clears throat> One day, my wife and I is gonna have some beautiful, beautiful kids. And when it's time to pick up the kids from school, it don't matter how much love I have for every kid in that school, I'm only picking up mines. <laughs> I'm not rolling around the, uh, the car line with a bus. Talking about everybody's kids can come. I'm going through that line and be like, hey, little new, new. Baby girl, come on now. We got to go eat. <laughs> come on, get in the car. We got to go eat. Come on now. I'm, I ain't picking up everybody. I don't care how cute they are. I don't care if they're looking at me like, please take. I'm only there for my children. God's the same way. When I come down here in my horse <clears throat> and I come with my fleet, my crew, with them suburbans, not me. When I come down there, I'm only coming down there. Angels. The Bible talks about Jesus ain't going to pluck them. He's going to send his angels. Angels, go get my kids. Come on. Little new, new, let's go. Jimmy, Jim, hey, boy, come on now. Come on. Let's go. Twinkle them out. Bam. He's only getting his. The rest of them going to kick rocks in hell. And that's okay. That's okay. If you don't want God, God going to be like, I want you. But it is what it is, baby boy. And, and, and God is too good. God is too good to make you go to heaven. God is too good. He'll give you, he, he gives you what you want. If you don't want him, then why ain't gonna let you in? That's people don't want to think of God like that. God don't then people don't want to think about a God that doesn't like your lifestyle choice. People don't want to think about a God that but they, they don't know what true love is. Love is tough. You, you, it depends on how you act, but determine the type of love you get. You're always gonna get that tender love from God, but God gonna give you that tough love. He's chasing those whom he love. People have a hard time thinking of a God like a real father, but those who have real pops know how God pops. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But when you don't know how a real pop is, you don't know how a real pop pops. And God will pop and correct. He chases those whom he love. How to find your identity? I gotta go for QA. 
Josh, can you link up with me? Oh, I I like to hire you as an advisor to help me lead my business at Mentees Nation with the grace of God again. I would love to help, man. Email me at my website, imunplugged.com. Uh, email me and I would love to mentor your company, help you. I'm doing one-on-one coaches again, coaching again. So if you want me one-on-one, come, come, come now because people are emailing me and I'm going through my emails. Be patient with me. If you send me emails, I'm getting through But you got to understand I'm going through Alicia with the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? I got to follow him. So don't get, because some people I, 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 I didn't get to in November that I reached out in January because the Holy Spirit said, reach out to them now. You see what I'm saying? So definitely Chris Curtis, reach out to me. I would love to help. Um, and email me, let me know your budget. We'll make it happen. How to find your identity. Now, trust me, the reason why we're going heavy with the problems of singleness is that we're going to get to the productivity and, and the right thing. So a lot of these points that I'm breezing through, we'll come back to deeper into the course. And then we'll talk more about uh, the more practical, the more things like that. But we're going through the problems. So you think I'm going to go through quickly, but know that we're going to get back to them. How to find your identity. Number one, find God. Number two, find yourself. Number three, find scriptures. Number four, find your calling. Number five, find intruders and get rid of them. And number six, find your rhythm. How to find your identity. You got to find God. You got to seek him where he seek, seek him while he can be found. You got to seek him now because it's hard to find someone in the midst of noise. Seek him while it's quiet. Seek him when he can be found. Find God. God, hey, God, listen, where are you? Show me yourself, reveal yourself, find yourself, man. You got to sit yourself and write down, say, who am I in Christ? Who the, who would Christ want me to be? What, what kind of image should I bear? Find scriptures that support you. You got to find the word and bury it deep inside of you. So repeat your question when we get to the Q&A. I'll try to, I'll try to scroll up for you, CC. But what you got to do is you got to say, man, I, I got to find scripture that's going to support me. I got to find my calling. I got to find intruders and, and give them eviction notice. And I got to find my rhythm. Find my rhythm means find my pace, man. Right now, I'm so glad I'm in a rhythm with God, man. Me and God, we we cool. We and we vibing. We in a rhythm now to where that I'm not pressed for anything. Man, I'm not pressed for anything. I trust him. It took a long time to get here. And it's my fault that it took me this long. But I got here. Find God, man. Find him where he can be found. Find yourself. It's okay to sit still and look at yourself and say, who am I? Find scriptures that support you in areas of weakness. If you know you're weak in lust, you know you're weak in pride, you know you're weak in ego, you're weak in all different things, find scriptures, meditate on those things to find the, the vibe, to find it, to find yourself, and et cetera. Find, and find your calling. God, man, what, is you, what you want me to do, man? Find your calling. Find intruders and get rid of them. And find your rhythm. Now, life or activity. We'll talk more about these answers down the road. I just want to set the stage. Um, but I got an activity that's going to help you with everything else. Okay? It's going to help you with everything else. The pace of grace. That's good. See, it, I only want to go as far as God's grace. I don't want to go because anything beyond God's grace is, is a disgrace. You see what I'm saying? I become, it's a disgrace. Like, like, like now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm distancing myself from disgrace. I'm distancing myself from grace. There's we're not talking about the grace for your salary, we're talking about grace for accomplishing assignments, like windows of opportunity, endorsements. You see what I'm saying? See, see, I want to go. If the if the cloud stops here, I stay here. If the cloud moves, I go. If the fire stops here, I stop. Because anything above beyond that is abusing it. Now, got activities for you that I want you to process through. 
And uh, where the life work activity for this week is where are you? I want you to take some time to really see where you are and process who you are in Christ. Uh, if you want this activity, I'm not going to go through it because I want you to go get it for yourself. It's on my website, lifework.teachable.com. You will be able to download all these resources and tools to help you with this uh, with this discussion. Let's get some q and I'm going to go see what CC talking about. Let me see if I can find CC's question. Well, CC, re- repeat your question. Repeat your question. Now, here we go. I got to start with uh, Josh. Can you link up with? Oh, okay, gotcha, Curtis. Hit me up, Curtis. Let me know. Hit me up on my website tonight because the further you go, the deeper you get in my email. Find me tonight so that I can find you. I'm in a rhythm that I've been dreaming. I'm telling Oh, that's a song right there. I wish I was a songwriter, Lisa. I'm in a rhythm that I've been waiting for. I'm in a rhythm that I've been dreaming of. I'm in a rhythm with the God above. Mm-hmm. Ooh, 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 I'm you, boy, I'm about to preach. I'm about to sing myself into another message. Me and God be vibing. Me and God be vibing. <laughs> very, very good. Walk hand in hand with him. That's right. Not ahead. Walk with him. Not ahead. Excellent teaching. God gets the glory. CC, where you at now? I'm giving you an opportunity to be first, CC. Oh, I'm going to go right to info me as ASAP. I'll get to you, Cece. I'll make sure I get to you, but make sure you post your question down. Info me as much says, Coach, how should you deal with a jealous friend that you genuinely care about? I have been praying. I feel bad to walk away, but I feel like I can't grow how I want to because I have hide, uh, I have hid my blessings. Great question, my friend. This is what you do. Um, don't be ashamed of your accomplishments. Don't be ashamed of your ascension. Don't be ashamed. People are gonna be jealous. Real, you know who your real friends are when you elevate. When you stagnate, your friends, some friends are cool. And I only like to call them friends. Uh, who you thought was friends, but really was not your friends. When you are stagnate, when you're in a stagnated position, you got a lot of friends because you're not making people uncomfortable. Um, but when you begin to elevate and you're not at a stagnate, but you elevate, you begin to see who really cares about you. You know who you who really cares about you when you get married. You know who really cares about you when you level up. But you know who really cares about you and really support you based upon whatever. People should be so content in where God has them. Real friends are content where God has them. And then no matter where God takes you, they're okay with where God takes you because they know that they're in the same line. So if you got a single friend and you get married and now you're trying to hide your blessing because you don't want to, don't hide nothing. I'd rather, I'd rather show what God wants me to show about my life and not be ashamed of it. The Bible says, man, you are a light that cannot, that shouldn't be hidden. You don't put it up under the table, under a bushel. No, you let your light so shine so that when men see your good works, they'll glorify God who's in heaven. Don't hide the glory of God just to be, just to be around friends. No. So you got to understand that you got to you got to deeply care about you. And when you care about you, then you'll be OK with letting people go. And what, what, what you have to understand in life is that you're going to lose people. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose people that thought that you thought was friends. But I had so many people that was drawn to me early on in ministry. <clears throat> abandonment try to creep in again because because, like I said, I did maybe seven, eight years ago. I identified with my ministry so deeply. Then when, when people came to help my ministry, I got so caught up in, um, oh, they're here. But what I realized was they're only here for Coach Josh. They're not here for Joshua E.G.K. Ezzy. Joshua Ezzy and Coach Josh are two different entities. Coach Josh is the anointed one. <clears throat> what I mean? No, 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 no. Joshua's anointed. Don't get me wrong. I'm anointed. But 
the anointing flows flew flew uh, flowed through the title of Coach Josh in YouTube form. So when people came to Coach Josh, they were like, "Oh, that's Coach Josh," and they thought that 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 that's him canonized. But they forget that I'm human. So when I began, I, I, I mean, stupid, stupidly, I began to reveal more of Joshua Azzy to them. And they could stomach that because they was drawn to Coach Josh. And then I realized, hey, man, that, that don't matter what, just because they're drawn to you doesn't mean they want to tend you. And, and, and that's what happens in life. People are your friends. But 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 when you start elevating and you start growing, some people just can't stomach it. And so what you got to do is you got to say, you know what? If you're jealous of me right now, you're not a real friend because jealousy and envy is 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 ugly dispositions are ugly perspectives, ugly emotions. And you can't trust someone jealous of you. <clears throat> you can't trust somebody envy you. So what I would do is just say, you know, what? I guess our friendship has to end here and you have to be OK with that. You have to ask yourself, why does this friendship matter so much to the point that you begin to hide what God wants you to show? You, you begin to hide behind where God wants you to shine. No, no, no. You got to say, okay, God, you got to first be a friend of God and a friend of yourself before you start selecting friends for you. If you're not, if you're not God's best friend, if you, if God's not your best friend and you're not a best friend to yourself, then you're going to compromise uh, uh, those friendships to keep friends as jealousy. So what I would do is practically I would just naturally keep elevating and then she'll fade away and don't reach out to her. Don't feel guilty about reaching out to her. Let her process her jealousy. Let her process her emotions. Let her deal with, let God deal with her exclusively as you uh, progressively go after what you're supposed to do. Coach, how should you deal with a jealous friend that you genuinely care about? I've been praying. I feel bad to walk away, but I feel like I can't grow how I want to because I have hid my blessed. Listen, walk away, walk away now. And 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 what I mean by walk away, just walk away with the friend, the type of friendship you thought you had. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> walk away and then keep keep walking. Don't walk, just don't, don't, don't think about walking away. Just keep walking the way. And then you'll feel that you'll begin to feel her drifting apart. And it's okay. And it's gonna hurt because and it's gonna be reality, the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free, even in this. The truth of the matter that she is jealous of you sets you free from that type of friendship because if you stay in that friendship you will compromise even more just to keep somebody that wasn't meant to be a next chapter there are certain people that was only meant to be a character in three to four chapters of your life and that's okay there are certain people in my life that are that are still in chapter 10 but will never be in chapter they were in chapter 23 when i was 23 years old but they're not in chapter 33 chapter 34 there's just certain people that the story ends for them but don't don't end your story because that chapter ended some people end their whole story because of the ending of one chapter no keep the pen in the hand of the one that's writing your life and you'll begin to realize who was supposed to be a part of it and who wasn't. Hope that. Nick Antoine says, the reason you do something determines if you get a reward in heaven. Because if you do it for God's glory, you're, you're storing treasures in heaven. How do I work for God and stop my heart for loving praise? Good question. Hmm. The reason you do something determines if you get a reward in heaven. That's right. God cares about motives. God don't care about movements. He cares about motives. If you get a reward in heaven because if you do it for God's glory, you're, you're storing treasure in heaven. How do I work for God and stop my heart from loving praise? You, you, you got to understand that people are fickle and praise is fickle. 
Um, the same people that cried Hosanna was the same ones that cried crucify him. And you have to understand that. And so what happens is when you begin to look for praise, if you if if the if you get a raise out of praise, then you may fall for that lack of praise. So you can't get you can't get caught up in things that fluctuate. See, praise fluctuate. Praise from people fluctuate. You you only get white hot one time in your life. You see what I'm saying? You can't get so caught up on, can I get white hot again? You just got to have a steady flame. And, and you got to make sure that you anchor yourself in something that will never move. The, one of the attributes of God is that he's immutable, that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you <clears throat> anchor yourself in him, and you allow your praise to raise for God, because the Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. Instead of looking for praise, you continue to praise God and he'll inhabit that praise. And then you will make a lot of things happen. But when you get so caught up in the fluctuation of people's praises, then you will die from their rejection. If you if you live from if you if your life, if the breath of your life, the breath of your emotional energy, mental stability, physical uh, uh, ability is in the praises of people, you will die and plummet by their rejection. That's why I don't care about the approval of people because it's fickle. I've been in situations where people praise me for two or three, four years and then talk crazy behind my back for, for more years. So you can't get caught up in praising people. That's why you got to always do this, my friend. When someone praises you, God gets the glory. That's what God gets the glory. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And, and sometimes you got to say it until uh, you got to fake it till you make it. Because sometimes as a man, as a woman too, you want that glory, but you're not God. See, the devil wants you to be your own gods, knowing good and evil. He wants you to be your own God so that you would die from glory. See, 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 glory is too heavy for us to carry. That's why only God deserves the glory because we can't carry glory. Glory breaks us because we weren't meant to get the glory. So what happens is people who want to be glorified think they're their gods. And then when they realize they're not God enough to be God, then they die from the glory. They die from the lack of glory because glory is temporarily. That's why you got to always show that glory to God and focus on praising God. God, you get the glory for this. God, I'm so thankful that you're doing this in my life. God, you get the, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. You deserve everything, God, because it's in you that I live and move in my being. And you have to renew your mind about the gloriness of God. And I want you to, that's, that's today's, this week's attribute of God is glory, his gloriousness. So I want you to research the glory of God. And, and then you will begin to say, you know what? I don't deserve this glory because my friend, Glory is too heavy for any man or woman to carry. And you got to say, whoop, whoop, swoop that glory over. Sometimes you can you can hold a thing when you can swoop it. But if you try to catch a thing, it might be heavy. Sometimes you got to be like, whoop, pass. Because, it, because, because it's quick. Bam, back to God. But if you try to catch it, you'll be abundant and you'll die from it. You'll be looking for praise. You'll be doing things for a certain type of praise. That's why I used to be guilty that early on. I used to be like, man, why when I preach, nobody's shouting, nobody's screaming. Then I realized you got them thinking. So if I preach according to the praise of people, then I know that if I don't get no praise, and I, then I get in performance mode. You don't, listen. I stay in position mode. Don't get in performance mode. Stay in position mode, not in performance mode. Position mode means I'm a son of God. He gets to go. I'm just an ambassador. He's the king. I'm working on that. I'm in position mode. Because if you start getting in performance mode, 
all of a sudden you'll perform at the level and try to conjure up a praise to make yourself feel good. And then when you do that, man, you'll die from that because now you'll burn yourself out to try to, to try to get to that ecstasy of praise because praise can be a drug. Then you'll start performing and trying to get more praise versus I'm in my position. I'm in position mode and God's getting the praise out of my life. And thank you. That's cool. But God gets the glory. But if you start getting intoxicated by people's praise, you will die from the lack thereof. So, man, it takes time and just and just practicing. God, you get the glory for this. Because then you always stay humble. You always stay in your position and you won't get into performance mode because praise fluctuates. People who praise you today will talk about crucifying you tomorrow. Lion Lion says, coming out of a season of wilderness, I don't feel as close to my friends as I used to. We talked every day, but now not so much. How to not let this crush me? I know. You're going through the part of the pruning phase that, that is difficult in the moment, but become but becomes so magnificent later, my friend. What you're going through right now is God's glorious, gentle, good grip pull of your idol, of, of, of where you may have found your identity. Some people, they're there until you get to the wilderness. And there's people there to welcome you after the wilderness. And if sometimes you get so caught by the people who couldn't go through the wilderness with you and don't accept the people that God has selected for you to go with into the future, then you will allow their Instagram posts, their Facebook statuses, what they're going through to crush you because I wish I was there for them or I wish I was there with them and I wish I had what they had. But how do you let not let this crush you? It's a number one, realize who Christ is to you. The, re- the way you don't allow uh, 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 what happens due to the wilderness crush you, realize who Christ was for you in the wilderness and who Christ is for you after the wilderness, right? Next, you got to realize that you got to realize, or you got to realize that this is life and these things kind of happen. Uh, um, um, and, and when you realize that these things happen, then when things happen in the future, it won't be so unbearable. What you got to do, number three, you, you got to understand the will of God for you now. And that certain people is not part of that will. Number one, you got to recognize who Christ is for you and through you and to you. You got to recognize or um, uh, recognize or realize that this happens in life and prepare yourself for when this happens uh, on, a, on a typical, regular basis. You, you got to understand what the will of God is and get underneath the word of God understand that c-r-u-s you gotta uh uh stay the course my friend stay the course and go that way because if you keep looking back you'll turn to it you'll be salty you see what i'm saying stay with christ uh realize that these things happen understand what the will of god for you uh c-r-u-s stay the course h crush h how to keep it from crushing you h Hmm. It's coming. It's coming. I already talked about hope in God. Okay. H. Make it happen, my friend. Make it happen. And um, I'm sorry that H wasn't as good as the rest of the letters. But what I'm trying to say is, man, listen, there are certain people that ain't going to be with you and that's cool. And you got to get over it. 
You just got to get over it. You just got to process your emotions. Why do these people mean so much to you? Why is it crushing you? Because if you don't process your moment, these emotions, you will have resentment towards God. You have resentment to the process that's actually positioning you for a better place in life. You got to process your emotions so that you don't build resentment towards God. And you got to process and say, okay, why am I in this process? Why do they mean so much to me? Why am I allowing this to crush me? Because if you don't, you're going to have resentment towards God. But if you if you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you why this must happen and why they must be not in your life, then you'll never get over that friendship. You'll never get over that breakup. You'll never get over that man. And you'll have resentment towards God and then become mad at God and make stupid decisions. While Start making stupid decisions while you're mad at God, which surrounds you with unnecessary consequences that you could have avoided by allowing yourself to process those emotions. And then you want to get back to God and then get mad at God again because of the consequences you're in and all that kind of stuff. And it's a never, never ending cycle. I've seen it happen many times. So don't let it crush you. Christina says, what is the difference between being called and being chosen? Great question. Being called means that everyone has a calling. <clears throat> many are called, uh, but few are chosen. Calling means uh, if you answer it, cool. If you don't, I right. Many are called. Many people are called to do all these different things, but there are certain people that are just chosen. There's nothing you can do. You 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 ignored the phone call, but God keeps calling. Yo yo, what's up? I'm I'm on your voicemail again. Yo man, come on man. There's nothing you can do to change it. You chosen. See, I'm chosen. Like there was nothing I can do to not do this. Many are called. There's a, everyone's called to do something, but not everybody's going to answer the call. But there are certain people that God has handpicked and say, "You are chosen, my friend, and you're going to do this whether you like it or not." And, and, and you're going to do it, not because I forced you to do it, but because I know you will do it because you will welcome my goodness, which will lead to repentance, which will lead to renewal, which will lead to revelation, which will, lead, which will lead to you to actually doing what I want you to do. God doesn't make you do anything, but there are certain people that God knows I got. I will have that person's heart. And since I know that person's heart, I'm going to have their heart providentially because I know the will. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to choose that person because I know that person would choose me. And, and, and it's going to make it work. But everyone's called. Even people who's going to hell have been called by God to do something. They just ignore the call. But chosen people are people that no matter what, you're going to pick up that phone. And no matter what, you're going to talk about, I quit. I ain't doing this no more. God, man, find somebody else. You're going to be like, I'll be wiping tears off your eyes. I've been there. Man, what you want me to do, God? Okay, I'll, I'll do it. That's the difference. Everyone's called to do something. But there's a group of people that's chosen no matter what. To get things done for God. CC, where you at now? CC, where you at? I don't see CC in the building. Why can't all be chosen? Good question, Nick Antoine. Um, <clears throat> because free will. Free will. Not everybody, not everybody's gonna follow the will of God. Chosen people are people who are those people with good hearts that just gonna do what God wants them to do no matter what. They have a certain type of makeup, certain type of character, certain type of disposition, and, and God knows um they're gonna get it done. All right, since you sent it where you at? See, I'm scrolling. I'll be scrolling. I'll be scrolling. CC Armor says, What if I didn't agree with everything they do? Well, let me see, CC. What are we talking about? CC, thank you for your time. CC, where you at? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, Coach. Hope all is well. Everything's well on my end. God is good. God is on the throne, so we good over here. I've been looking for a Bible-based church for a while. How can I identify that I'm in the right church home for me? Great question. Um, let's scroll back down. 
What if I didn't agree with everything they do? Great. <clears throat> There's not a church that you're going to agree with everything. At my church, I'm not necessarily going to agree with everything, but because, but I agree with the reason why God has sent me there. I agree with the decree. You see what I'm saying? I agree with what he wants me to do. Now, how to recognize or identify the churches for you? First off, you examine the you examine the preacher, you examine the uh, the proclamation of the word of God, and you examine <clears throat> the people in his family, right? That's three things you got to observe. You observe them by, the Bible says you will know them by their fruit in regards to false teaching. You look at the preacher and see, is this person bearing the fruit of God? Are they masquerading on that pulpit like an idol? Are they are they all about themselves? Are they are they wearing J's all the time? There's nothing wrong with being fashionable, but they it, but it's kind of almost like a distracting thing that they that they they, they just masquerading themselves. Then then you kind of got to question that. Um, you look at the message they're pro proclaiming. So the only way you know if it's the right church for you or a pure church to be a part in, that's the right church for you. You got to know the word of God for yourself. You got to take every message they're saying. First, you got to be so solid with you and the Holy Spirit that in a moment that a message is coming through, the Holy Spirit be like, that ain't me, yo. I ain't even talking through old dude. I ain't even talking through homeboy. That ain't even me. Holy Spirit looking. Holy Spirit looking what you looking. Holy Spirit, why you ain't talking through him? Because I ain't, he ain't allowing me to flow through him. You see what I'm saying? So check the preacher, check the proclamation, and check the people in his family. Is his wife happy? Is his kids? If he can't take care of his, if he's not tending his kids, if he's not tending the needs of his wife, he can't take care of the things of God. If you can't take care of your own house, how can you take that take care of the house of God or take care of the house of someone else? So you look at the preacher, you look at what the, how how they how they proclaim the gospel, and you look at the people that's in their life, and they'll let you know just by just by just by glance. This is a bad church because God's not going to see your church with those three things screwed up. Now, the perf the place that God has for you, typically, it's not going it, to honestly, it's not going to be perfect. And so you're not going to agree with everything they do. You just got to make sure you that, that, that y'all do agree on the main things. You might not like the way they do communion. You might not like the way they you might not like their their choir. You might like their worship. But God wants you there. So you can't don't pick a church because the choir is good. Don't pick the don't pick the church because there's a lot of people there. Don't pick the church because that's where mama went. You go to a church that God placed you. You don't pick a church. You're placed in a church. That's a difference. You don't pick a church. Believers are not supposed to pick a church. They're supposed to be placed in a church. And you're placed. You know where if you place correctly by your personal issue of God, CC. So a Bible-based church is a church that cares more about the proclamation of the word of God, the taking care of the people, discipleship, and all those kind of things. Those are true marks, but you can tell the marks of a false teacher or a mentee of a false teacher based upon if they parade themselves like an idol on the stage, if the proclamation of the gospel doesn't line up with the word of God, and if the people around them look like they're in a trance. And you'll catch that a little bit later. Hope that helps, CC. Let me scroll back up before the people start crying, crying out, talking about, Coach, you skipped me. I ain't going to skip you. I'm going to come right back to you. Let's see. Uh, yes, indeed, I believe I can fly. Also, this applied to me a lot. Thanks, Coach, for letting God use God. gets the glory, my friend. Ricky, I believe I can f touch this guy. I think Ricky's singing the song. See, now, 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 now Ricky got to go. All right. I asked the above this above. What do you comment, if anything, about when Paul says act like men? First Corinthians 16, 30. Let me go there. I think I know what you're talking about. I just want to see the couple of verses above it. Uh, 
verses up on just to make sure I'm make sure I write that. Is it first Corinthians? Yep. 1613. Okay. Chapter 16, ESV. Let's look at it. <clears throat> Are we talking about verses 16 to 13? Uh, that's verse 13. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to visit you with other brothers, but in all this I know as well. Come now, he will come. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Um, basically what that means, my friend, is that first off, acting like a man of God. Act like men. Don't act like no boy. You know, that's what Paul mean. Like, man, like people, boys, soft, soft dudes, soft guys have been throughout history. There's a certain type of way a man's supposed to carry himself. A man is supposed to carry himself with dignity, with honor, with 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 humility, with 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 fervor, with faithfulness, with with understanding, with empathy, with with um, courage, with strength, with with uh, with uh, uh, um, submission. <clears throat> There's a lot of traits on how a man's supposed to carry himself. It says be watchful. First off, in order to be, in order to stand, in order to act like men and be strong. And let everything you be done done in love. You got to be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, rolls around like a roaring lion, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So you have to be watchful. A, ma a man is watchful. A man is firm in his faith. A man acts like a man. He handles his responsibility like a man. He gets up and he goes to work because he knows if he wants to eat good, you got to work good. And you know your boy likes to eat good food. My wife will let you know. I'm Mister Whole Foods himself. I'm Mister. Does it taste good? Because if it don't taste good, we ain't coming back. I, so I gotta work. If I want to eat good and I want to eat organically, if I I gotta work good. If I want if I want my wife to, uh, I ain't gonna say what Song Solomon had to say. But if I want those things to satisfy me all the days of my life, I gotta act like a man. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So 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 that you acting like a man means acting like Jesus would act. The best way to learn or to act like Jesus is to read the Gospels. Look at how Jesus carried himself. Process what the word of God says about men and you'll understand why Paul should act like men. Hope to help, my friend. It's, it basically what it's saying, stop acting like a pansy. Stop acting like a little boy. Act like a man. Be a man. And it, it, those who identify with God, you can't help but act like a man because you have met the man of mans. And that's the man Christ Jesus, my friend. Skino says, how do you deal with wearing your on your sleeve, wearing emotions on your sleeve, but still see, still, still trying to be the best in people after they hurt you? Great question, man. <clears throat> you got to you got to get that stain off your shirt. Um, when you wear emotions on your sleeve, that means you have a stain on that sleeve. And you got to let the Holy Spirit wash that stain off that sleeve so that you won't be identified by that stain on your shirt, that emotion that you wear on your sleeve. Um, you were meant to have emotions, not emotions to have you. Unfortunately, in society, we're so easily triggered is because we have become so overly emotionalized as a culture that we have no reasonable, we don't have no uh, ability to, of reason. We don't know how to process through things. We don't know how to fact check and, and really find the facts behind the feelings. But people are going to hurt you, my friend. Uh, and, and you got to learn how to process. Now, how do you process your hurt? You got to first give your hurt to God. Give your hurt to him. God, I'm hurting be honest with God. That's H. Be honest with God. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm hurting. And, and realize what the word of God says, that he's a present help in a time of trouble, that he's near the broken heart. So number one, H, you got to be honest with your hurt and go to God and say, God, I'm hurting. I need you. 
You don't need them. You don't need to try to live your life to try to validate, uh, to prove yourself that they didn't hurt you and looking like you strong, but you really weak. But you got to be honest with your hurt with God. Number two, you, you got to understand the purpose of the potential of the hurt. Understand what caused the hurt. Under, get gain. Understand is what I'm trying to say. After you're honest with God about your hurt, God, I'm hurting. Then the healing balm of the Holy Spirit would then reveal to you how to keep yourself from being hurt that way again. Whether you got you, you through your own actions, got you into that hurt. He'll give you understanding about the hurt holistically. What you did to contribute to the hurt, what you did to get yourself hurt, or if it was intrusion of the hurt. He will show you, gain you understanding of what he can do to use that hurt. As, as as fuel, as energy, as opportunity to create something that's going to bless others. H-U-R-T, what, uh, how to heal from a hurt. <clears throat> or you got to release them over to God. You got to release that person. You got to release them through forgiveness. Hey, man, I got to let you go. Jesus, man, I'm the one thing that helps me release people is to, is to say what Jesus did on the cross. So sometimes as you carry your cross, as you bear your cross, as you die on your cross, you may have to say the same words that Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yes, I feel like they're the reason why I'm on this cross, but I have to bear this cross now to help other people carry their cross. So H, you got to be honest about your hurt and, and, and cry out to God to heal you from that hurt and let him heal you of the hurt. You, you got to gain, you got to let the Holy Spirit gain you understanding about the hurt. Number three, R, you got to release that hurt that person that hurt you to God through forgiveness and T you got to be thankful that you survived. <laughs> you could have died. My friend be thankful. God, thank you for getting me through this. I'm thankful that you will get me through this. I'm thankful that you I'm alive because of you and let God's timing occur for the healing. So that's what you do, my friend. And, and that's what helps you wash the emotions off your sleeve. And all of a sudden you'll be able to look at that person with no pull. You know, you, you're a healing based upon how strong the tug is in the beginning of a hurt. It's a strong tug. You want to, you see what I'm saying? But the, the, the much more mature you come, it'd be light tug. I'm still upset about it, but uh, okay. Empathy's going, okay. I'm seeing through God. I'm seeing as if God sees the situation and then you end up finding yourself healed and you're like, wow, I'm good. Now you don't even want to hurt them. Cause you heal. Time for two more. I gotta go. We're going by almost two hours. J J G Fayweather says, "Is it sometimes better to ignore all voices, even if they're even if they're brothers and sisters, or even preachers to hear God?" Yeah. Sometimes you gotta just cut everybody off so that you hear clearly because it's it's not good to if you're seeking God, allowing everybody else to sound off. It's not wise. Sometimes it's best to be still and be silent and be separate so that you can hear God for you. So that when you go back into the sound, go back into the noise, you're clear. Because no matter no matter what in life, you're going to go through some noise. You're going to go through some sound. But if you practice stillness and you practice separation coming from among them and be separate, practicing stillness to hear God, then you will, come, you will, you will have almost going through sound. You got an earpiece in your ear. Say, I'm only going to, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to hear what he has to say. So it is wise to cut as many people off as you need to make sure you have the clarity that you need to go forward so that you won't be easily influenced. Because just because that man's a man of God, that woman's a woman of God, or that person's been with God for 20 years, they still can be wrong. Only God is right, 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 right. They, some people, they may be righteous, but they're not, they're not, they're not the righteous one. Who knows what's really right for you? They can give opinions and whatever, but you don't know. So it's just best to just silence everyone else and trust God. Also, in what ways can you hear God's voice? 
stillness, setting yourself apart. Um, God speaks in multiple different ways, but if you are not still, and how do you practice stillness? Number one, you just got to be still sometimes. You see what I'm saying? You just got to just sit still in a room by yourself and just, and just say, and this is what I do every time. Holy Spirit, speak to me what you need, what you got for me. And I keep a notebook and a, and a clipboard always around me. I love clipboards. Uh, and, and I just sit there and I just sit still. And if you don't say anything, I just allow the stillness to bring wellness. Sometimes you need to be still. Sometimes, sometimes many people think, well, oh, I just want to hear from God. No, no. Sometimes you just need to just hear nothing and close the tabs off in your mind. And that's okay. You don't have to, don't, don't just be still to be instilled, to have stuff instilled or installed. Sometimes it's best to be still just to heal, just to just chill, just to rest. But if you don't practice that, you, you won't set yourself up to properly hear from God. And, and God speaks through people. God definitely, if you, you can hear from God every day, my friend. You know how you hear from God every day? Read that Bible every day. You can hear from God every day. Because he wrote this letter years ago and is alive and active, sharp as a two-edged sword, easy to pierce through the heart, and is able to is able to let you know everything. You can hear from him today in his word. But when it comes to revelation and things that he needs for you to do in life, you got to practice stillness by setting a time, setting a day, setting it periodically, if not every day, a moment where you can just be still. Sometimes it's in my car. Every day I'm quiet on my way to work and me and God be talking. I just be telling God what's on my heart, venting, processing, thinking, dreaming. You know, never scheming. You know what I'm saying? Always dreaming, never scheming. You know what I'm saying? And and it takes me 35 minutes to get to work, 30, 35 minutes to get to work. So that's 30. That's what sometimes it's an hour or something changes by being in the car, by being quiet that me and God get fellowship time. And then when my wife falls asleep, sometimes I just get up in the in the other spare bedroom and I just be chilling. I sometimes look at the ceiling, look out the window, look at the look at the stars. And just be like, okay, God, I'm here if you need me. If not, then I'm just chilling. That's what I do. Gotta go, guys. Hear my wife walking around. And uh, and I just want to make sure uh, it's only nine thirty, but yeah, it's good. But I love you. I gotta go. I pray this Q and A and this video was a blessing. And we'll post again. There will be timestamps below, and you'll be able to uh, <clears throat> navigate through this message where you need to. Um, everything you need to know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Books, of course. The purpose of singleness is the reason for this course. Got a book on um, soul ties and strongholds. The purpose of freedom. That book's on my website as well, or on Amazon if you just want to get straight to it. Dating Prep is a book full of questions to ask the right questions to potentially end the wrong relationship and to and to continue the right relationship. It also got has a card game that you can get with it on another website. All that's on my website, card games and everything. Um, book on spiritual warfare, World War Me, How to Win the War Within. And, of course, my book for kids, as he says, and this is my proof. I got to order some more copies, but I have cartoon characters for kids. Little Daisy there, um, Tammy Tong, um, got nine kids, uh, four adults, ASINs for the students I serve, activities in the back, and of course my book Unplug, the top things to unplug from, my first book I ever wrote, Unplug. Um, love y'all, gotta go, two card games, six books, three courses, uh, you can support our mentoring program if you like, you can give towards that, also you can... um. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, if you just want to support what I do here, uh, all that ways to donate, ways to give, ways to support what I do here is on my website as well. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. And listen, if you don't identify yourself in God, you identify yourself with the wrong things. You bear his image, but do you bear his likeness? You bear his likeness by, by endeavoring to bear his image. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.